Welcome to the Codename Sister Podcast, where nothing is off limits except politics. But politics is everything, so nothing is off limits. Hey, this is your host, Nandi. I know it has been a while. There is so much stuff going on out there in the world. It's almost like, what topic do you choose? And instead of choosing a topic, I just decided to take a break from everything. I slowed my role on social media. I got a little quiet. I spent more time evaluating what was going on in my life, the direction that I wanted to continue in and what directions might not have been working out for me. I did a lot more investing in these markets. I mean, I've just decided, hey, let me try to set myself up and my children my grandchildren for as great a future as we can achieve given the climate and what we're working in and what we're up against. So I know that one of those things has to do with investing. I mean, because if you don't have the finances, you're not, I mean, it's going to be hard for you. It's not to say you can't make it without finances, but you're going to have to have something. You're going to have to have something that other people are willing to do exchanges with you for. And so I'm just trying to make my way so that when I close my eyes for the final time, my children, they already out the gate. They didn't already got into this whole, you know, they in the current, they and they just flowing, you know, they going with the current. So that's 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 what that's what I want. I don't want them having no. We don't none want to run our entire lives. You should get to a point where you can choose to do certain things, where you're not forced to have to do those things. So if you're doing it, it's because you want to be doing it. Of course, we have to give our children the opportunity leave that field open where they have to go out there and get some things so that they can value the work that you put in from the get-go because it don't matter if you leave them all kinds of wealth and they don't even know what to do with it they don't even value it you know then it's just like it was a waste of your damn time you could have just lived your life spent every dime you had and been like you know hell with the future you know, so it's important that at the same time, if you're going to do these things, if you're going to make these investments, uh, if you're going to accumulate wealth, property, real estate, all of these things, your children have to be in on it. They need to be part of the process so that they keep that wealth going into the next generation and the next generation, especially, you know, with it being said that so much of the wealth that's accumulated by one generation is lost within the next generation or two. And when it comes to black people, you know, a lot of times we didn't have no wealth to begin with. So we don't need our children getting a big head, figuring that, you know, we got to just keep always buying things to stimulate them that, uh, that getting, getting, getting material stuff is where it's at the accumulation of material things. I mean, I still walk around for the most part, I walk around wearing the same types of outfits pretty much every day. And that's usually some yoga pants and a t-shirt. And most people who know me know I will throw on them gray yoga pants. And the only thing that changes color is the t-shirt. And that's still limited as to what colors, you know, because it's going to either be black, gray, blue. 
it may be red you know but I, I stick to like muted tones so most of the time that's what I wear you know I don't go out in search I mean I can't even name a whole lot of designers and even if I did I don't even know if they're like the popular designers of today because I'm just not into that I would rather focus my money in areas where it's gonna make money where it can appreciate I don't like to buy a lot of uh, depreciating um, I can't even say assets because I don't even consider that an asset. I don't, when I think of asset, I think of something of value. So when I hear depreciable assets, uh, I don't know unless it, well, you know, in terms of business, it makes sense because those assets, while you depreciating the price, the, the value of it on your taxes for tax purposes, it's still providing a value to your business that is allowing you to accumulate access and accumulate wealth and profit and stuff like that so i understand it in as that aspect but when it's applied to any other types of aspects uh no like buying a car i don't consider that a depreciable asset if i paid way too much for it you know if i went out there and paid sixty seventy thousand dollars for a car and it's not gonna net me uh more than what i paid for it mm, nah and i'm not talking about just going to work because i mean you can buy a little cheap car and get to work just fine you know it's when you're going out here buying all these fancy cars and you got car payments of 700 800 and most of the time your rent is late you know those kind of things just you know they don't really make sense and that's not exactly what this episode was supposed to be about but i figured since this is the last day of february and i had not made any podcast the entire month i kept saying oh i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it but like i said with all that i had going on um i had another family member who left us at the end of january and uh her she was laid to rest in february and you know and even with her passing she was kind of like an institution in the family that is that she had such an in-depth knowledge of our family history I learned so much from her. She was 88. She would have been 89 on the 4th of February. And she died a few days before that. But she was the one who helped me on my journey to uh, researching about our family history. And it opened up so many doors for me as far as being able to find like the government documents backing our, our history and not only did she come in handy for our maternal side she was my mother's oldest sister but she also knew a lot quite a bit about my father's side of the family so with my mom and my dad gone you know it was a little bit hard to get that information from them but she and I had been on this journey for about a decade putting together, piecing together information. And so with her gone, you know, that's going to be a big missing for me because she provided so much value. And one of the things that stood out is when I went home for her services, I flew in for her services uh, and it was held at, you know, the church that, you know, a lot of my family members have attended over the years. And when the priest started to speak, you know, it's a Catholic church. When he started to speak about her, the things that he was saying was like real like general things that he thought that I guess every woman her age may have, you know, done or whatever. And I'm listening. I'm like, that's not the lady I knew. That's not my aunt, my antics aunt, as I always call it, because she was full of antics. You know, some of them p 
pissed you off and some of them were laughable but you know it wasn't no dull moments as far as she was concerned she was always she always had a hand in something she would she was one of them i'ma mind your business <laughs> but the things that he said about her it was just like are we talking about the same person that's in this casket up here at the front of the church you know, because it, it was so far off, you know, and it reminded me so much of when other people are writing our histories and they write it from their perspective because nobody really did a in-depth check-in to find out about you. And it wasn't that he didn't, um, he didn't attempt to because he stepped in last minute for another one of the other priests that was supposed to had spoken at her services. And he just gathered some information, but he gathered it from the wrong people. He gathered it from people who didn't know her like that. You know, so when he's talking, I'm thinking about this is the lady who taught me how to graft plants, how to take a plant, the uh, you know, and get a piece off of it and then grow my own. This is the one who taught me about how to stop my root vegetables from rotting in the ground. You, you, you know, when it came to gardening and food uh, raising and growing, she was uh, just like with the family history that that she was a walking institution for stuff like that. You know, she was the one who, like I said, she put me on the right path when it came when it came to stuff like that. But none of that was discussed. Nobody talked about the boundless things that she has growing in her yard still today. She's gone and those things are still growing in her yard. You know, they didn't bring that up because they didn't know that part about her. They didn't know how she had a habit of, you, you know, and that's where I learned it from and going into people's yard and she see a certain plant or something that she wants and she knew how to take a piece and then take it home and grow that, you know, for herself, which is why her yard was like a jungle, uh, you know, of flora and food. You know, because she she grew some of both and she she loved gardening. Gardening was a passion of hers. So when I heard them talking, it was just like it, I almost wanted to scream out like that's not that's not that lady right there. That's not my my auntie's aunt. You know, I can't let you write her history, you know, stop writing her history. So those are things, though, that we have to decide when it's our turn, how we want our history to be read, how we want our stories to be told. Because I really, I don't even, history, when I hear history, I guess, I don't know, I guess his story, and I know that so much of their his stories are like distortions of the truth when it comes to us. So I, 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 maybe I'll just stick with our stories. But our stories are something that our children are going to tell when we're gone and hopefully our grandchildren if they're old enough to know about us or if our children talk about us enough the impact you have on your children is revealed most significantly when you're gone in how they talk to other people about you or if they even mention you you know that's because a lot of times we don't realize the impact that our families that our mothers and fathers have had on us until they're not here, until there are days when we want to pick up the phone and we want to ask them a question and we find that we can't. If we want to just call and say, hey, I missed you today, and we can't. We hear a song that takes us back to a time when we were like sitting on the porch in the sunshine and they're doing our hair and you know what I mean? Just all of those things, And but those people are gone. And you have those types of memories of people when they impacted you in 
healthy ways. Those are the times when you feel that sadness, you know, you may tear up, you know, but the thing about it is we're moving into March. And before you know it, uh, 2021 will be coming to an end, right? You know, it'll, it'll be, it'll be coming to an end. So it's like, what do you plan to do today that will have results or ramifications or whatever when you walk into 2022 you know what are you going to change about your life because even with all the craziness that's going on with all this stuff that's going on with the with the with the vi- with the two v's the vaccines and viruses with all that's going on we still have so much opportunity that we can grab a hold of and basically foment ourselves in this new world if you want to call it that for lack of a better term coming off of the top of my head right now but this is the time to be thinking about the direction that we want to go in and when I wrote the book that I wrote at the beginning of the pandemic and y'all probably selfless plug here. Hey, it's a pandemic out there. 31 ideas to reclaim your time. When I wrote that book, I actually wrote it with the idea of helping people in the early stages of coping with nothing being the same practically overnight. And sometimes I find myself, though, still referring back in my mind to some of the words that I wrote in that book because it's still relevant to today. I mean, if you had really asked me back in 2020 when I published the book, if I thought that we would still be here in 2021, I'd be like, nah, it probably would have passed by now, you know, because again, I'm thinking it's short term, which is why I wrote the book as quickly as I did. And I made it a short read so that people could get in it and get on with etching out this new life you know, that they, that most of us had, had, you know, had awakened to. But I find now that so much in there, like I said, has been like a continued thing. But what hasn't changed is some of the ideas I put in there about taking charge of your time, of this newfound time and making it work for you. Because when things do start to simmer down in certain areas, Those who have planned and acted on those plans are going to be further ahead than those who were waiting to see what was going to happen. Because I see that so much from people. Oh, I'm waiting to see what's going to happen with this virus. Oh, I'm waiting to see what's going to happen with these vaccines. Oh, I'm waiting to see what's going to happen with these stimulus checks. Oh, I'm waiting to see who's going to be elected as president. People who sit and wait and see get left behind by people who don't people who are going to do what they do regardless of what is the outcome of all these other variables you know so either you're gonna like i said either you're gonna get further ahead or you're gonna get left behind but the decision is yours and the window is pretty much closing on you i saw recently that moratoriums had been the eviction moratoriums had been ruled unconstitutional i believe and i can't remember whether it was a federal judge or whatever it was because like i said i've been kind of got my head you know my focus 
in certain directions so i haven't been paying attention to a whole lot of the hoopla out there but that's an important thing because if if it's found unconstitutional and it's lifted there's going to be a lot of people facing homelessness so we got to look at there's going to be shakeups in the housing markets as well as the rental markets because some of those people may also have mortgages that are behind so we're looking at foreclosures because with these moratoriums where people put off making those payments those payments are going to still be due now with some of the mortgage companies they may have some type of program or something where they can attach it to the back of your loan or whatever and but that's no guarantee and again when these kind of things happen the fallout from it we already know which communities suffer most i don't even have to mention it we know which communities are going to suffer more behind it i mean even with like these ppp loans and the eidls and stuff like that we are least likely to qualify for these loans even when we do qualify you know so we can't we know and we've had example after the example after example that tell us that confirm for us that we can't depend on the greater society to be fair with us so we have to find our own way Okay, so we have to look at what is going on in this world, not get swallowed up by what's going on in this world, and like I said, forge our own paths. And we have to do that not just for ourselves, but our children, especially those of us with young children and our grandchildren. You know, and while you're going through these things that you're going through right now, if your children are young, I advise you to use the, 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 the learning period that you may be going through, that learning and adjustment, use that as a teaching tool for your children too. So that way, at the same time, they understand what is happening and what is required of them as they move closer into adulthood, if that makes sense to you. So in other words, take them along on your learning journey. So if you out there learning new things right now, if you're learning about the stock market, you learn about real estate investment. You learn about buying multiplexes. Whatever it is you're learning about, teach some of it to your children. Don't let your children come out of the home like a lot of us did, where there was nobody who really taught us about wealth accumulation. We were only taught about paying bills. That's not enough. Anybody can pay a bill. Anybody can pay a bill. We can send a child into a building to pay a bill. But that doesn't mean that you understand how finances work. That doesn't mean you understand how the economy works. That doesn't mean you understand what accumulation of wealth means and what that entails. So we've got to do different with our children. And we're not saying that our parents were bad for not teaching us that because they were just going on what they knew. But those of us who have come into a new knowing we have that responsibility to transfer that knowledge to our children. We have to teach our children to speak the language of money, not become consumed by it, but to speak the language. That should be another one of the languages in our house. You know, when they ask you, you know, uh, what's the main language in your house? And a lot of people in America probably put English. And then they'll ask you, you know, uh, what's most often spoken or what's any secondary languages. And we might name like French and Spanish and stuff like that. Money is a language too. 
And if you don't understand the language of money, you're going to always be broke. Now, this podcast is not all, it's not about, you know, just going out there always seeking money. All right. That's, that's not what this is about. It's not about being greedy and try to No, this is about setting a stable financial foundation for yourself and your family for years to come. So that when things happen, when the chaos of the world happens, you don't have to wait for the government to decide to help you because you have something that can at least get you through the initial stages. You know, like if there's like civil unrest or something like that, of course, that changes everything when it comes to money and even its value and stuff. But having money also opens doors to resources and access. I mean to resource, uh, access to resources so that even when you face those types of catastrophes, like a lot of them faced recently in Texas, a lot of people, uh, when they turned off the electricity, they didn't have any way to heat their home, especially if they didn't also have gas in their home. Uh, you know, so it was like what to do and, you know, but there are simple measures that you can take, like, like I told people, one of the, the, the tips I put out there was buying like some of the buddy heaters and getting some propane cylinders and you, you keep that. And so that way, and, and these are things that you get, even when you know that it's fix, you're fixing to move into an inclement season, because you never know, even though, you know, this was the storms caused it, anything could cause it. Okay. You know, it caused it and you're without electricity or something to heat your home. So buddy heaters, propane cylinders. You know, those are like a perfect thing. Sleeping bags in the house, that'll help keep you warm. Just basic necessities and so much of that we've gotten away from because we depend so heavily on technology. And technology, with all the information at our fingertips, a lot of times we don't even attempt to access that type of information. And we'll even say that people who are into like survival aspects and stuff are nuts militant you know we'll have all kinds of names for them but i guarantee you when those storms hit in texas those very people right there were prepared to face that they were prepared i saw people who had no idea why you should open up your cabinets when it's freezing out when it's below freezing outside they they had no idea that you know that's helps to keep the pipes from from freezing up you know they thought that was like the strangest thing they had ever heard So it's just little things. They didn't know about filling up a bathtub with water, you know, just in case the pipes did freeze. So that way you have water for, you know, little sponge baths, flushing your toilet, you know, stuff like that. I saw somebody go as far as to put a paper bag uh, underneath the seat of the toilet and talk about having your bowel moving or whatever in that and then double bag it and throw it away. And it's like, dude, all you need to do is take some water from that tub you should have filled up pour that down the toilet and let it, you know, flush it. Voila, there you go. You know, and even if my toilet is not working, uh, the first, instead of putting, putting the toilet bag on the toilet, I'd rather put that over a bucket. You know, you can get those buckets at the hardware store. You can even get the, the, uh, portable seats. Matter, matter of fact, you can buy portable little toilets, the little bucket toilets, you know, that you take camping and stuff. So it's so many different things, but people have to get out of this technology headspace that has totally blinded them to the, 
basic ways people used to live. So, and it's not that you have to leave technology behind by all means. I'm not saying that, but learn some of the basics, learn some of the things that your ancestors used to survive because I mean, they survived winters and they didn't have, some of them didn't have electricity at all. You know, they lived using wood burning stoves. When I was coming up, my grandmother had a wood burning stove. And then she, we, we got big time when she got a kerosene stove, even though I hate it with a passion, going to get kerosene to put in the damn stove. And then when she got the gas stove, oh my God, it was just like, wow, we are really moving up here, grandma. You know, so those are the kind of conditions that people came from. But when we lose touch with our communities, we lose touch with our older people who knew all this stuff, you know, so get out there, do something remarkable with the rest of this year you got this you basically have a whole year okay because i mean two months two months down who's counting all right you you get you got the rest of this year to get out there and make a big difference to do big things in your life to level up or whatever it is you want to call it what people say quantum leaps and all that i'm not into a whole lot of uh the phrases and stuff they just really corny to me um they don't motivate me (laughs) You know, I like plain language. (laughs) So, but get out there and do something, make a plan, put it on a, on your, on your dry erase board or somewhere, write it on your mirror and hold yourself to it. That's the important thing. So that way, when it's time to tell our story, your, our story version, the people who talk about, you know, what the hell they're talking about. And they're not telling people how you ran behind grandchildren that you didn't, you know, that weren't there, you know, instead they'll tell people about how you took that plant and you made another plant with, you know, you had your own plant from, from just from grafting that plant right there. You know, you, you did your own thing with that, you know? So that's all I got. Um, Hey, I said I was going to do it. I met my deadline. 28. March starts tomorrow. Your decision making starts now. This is Nandi. You've just listened to the Code Name Sister podcast with Nandi. 